0: It is Tuesday the 7th of August 2018, I'm still Robin yellow, and this is Tectasm episode 52, Reach Around the Old <laughs> News. And with me again, because he couldn't find employment anywhere else, is James Woodall.
1: We're back after, it must be at least 12 months.
0: It's over 12 months, it's wow. actually May 2017 was that our it last really? podcast. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. So I've been
1: asleep for 12 months then?
0: Well, we, interestingly enough, I was researching it the other day and we've been marked as um, archived on several sites, but not on iTunes, that's the important one, Exactly, right? exactly. <clears throat> and not on Google, which is the second most important one. Well, listener, this week we'll be looking at a review of stories from episodes 1 to 51 of Tectasm. So without further babbling, let's get on with the show. Now, in our last episode, James, TechTasm episode 51 from May 2017. Just like yesterday. It it feels like yesterday. We're in the same room together, actually, today, aren't we? I think we are, yeah. In our Kent office. Yes. Yes. Very good. Very good. It's very warm. It is very warm, (laughs) yes. It is. Hi. It's that day of summer. It is. Um, But we talked actually last May about the Nokia 3310 from HMD Global. Mm. Now, at the time, we thought it was good, didn't we? We enjoyed the phone. We thought it was going to be a big hit. Well, it's not your parents' Nokia 3310.
1: You know, this is the rebranded Nokia 3310, which, um, yeah, good to see a, a nice classic reappear. That's very good. What was interesting about that phone?
0: Um, what was interesting about it was, was it was a feature phone. So the world had gone smartphone crazy and only smartphones were selling. And then somebody came up with a feature phone design that actually sold. Did it do well?
1: Well, um, interestingly enough, there was an
0: article in Wired
1: titled How the hell is Nokia, the UK's third most popular phone brand?
0: Now, I can, I'll tell you why I can believe that. Because while it might not be because of the 3310, but their regular smartphones are made from aluminum and glass they've got stock android they've actually got android one which Mm. is the full version of android where um, updates come from google itself so you get absolutely the latest version of android you get a pure experience you get the latest security patches and they're good value
1: this is pretty good considering i'm going to say maybe six months before the 3310 came out nokia under microsoft was still pushing out windows phones and you don't see any of them at all now. No. So it's interesting that they've made that switch, although it was a different part of Nokia, from Microsoft to Android. And all of a sudden, wow, third, that's, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I think most of that is because of discounting. So <clears throat> their ethos, I think, of, of having a pure Android experience and concentrating on things like the quality of the lens in the camera, you know, the the kind of things that are actually differentiate smartphones, isn't the operating system, it isn't no. the shape, it isn't the size, the battery life. It's often just the camera, and they put their money into the camera. So their flagship phone, the Nokia Eight, I think is, I'm going to say three to four hundred pounds. I might have got, I might be a little bit out on that, but it's that sort of price range. It's half of a flagship uh, iPhone or Samsung. Half and the rest, <clears throat> I think. Uh iPhone ten is a thousand pounds. No. Well, should we talk a little bit about the iPhone ten? Just go down go down a little cul de sac on that because actually um Apple reported their earnings, didn't they, not quite recently. And yeah, they're... they
1: did. They did. The profits are up but the phones are down.
0: Yeah, and that's mostly because of the iPhone ten. So they've discovered quite rightly that yeah. you can if you can get away with selling really expensive phones, you don't have to sell so many of them.
1: Yeah, but that will bite them. I mean they must they must reach a point that's you know there are going to be some markets where the iPhone X just will not make entry. No. And uh, the well, Android already has a ridiculous market share.
0: Yeah. Now it's mostly, what, 60% 70%? Oh, it's at least if 80 not more, 80%. Yeah. But in, uh, in profit terms, something like over 90% of all the profits made in smartphones go to Apple in the world. But
1: bear in mind, though, the other makers, the Samsungs, the LGs and the Nokias, don't make any money on the app stores. That all goes down to Google, whereas Apple, they get, the, they get a double, right? They get the margin on the phone, which is high anyway, plus they take 30% from the, the apps.
0: Yeah. And you can yeah. see Google with their Pixel line of phones trying to copy that, can't
1: you? Yeah. But the Pixel phones are very expensive.
0: They are very expensive. They're not as expensive as the iPhone 10, yeah. but they are expensive. But they're great phones. What's interesting is that they, what Google have concentrated on, again, it's the camera, but mm. not the optics, which everybody gets their optical sensors from Sony. But what they've done is they've concentrated on the software. So when you take a picture on a Pixel, mm. it uses software to create the best image from that data. Okay. Uh, and that's what's different. So actually, experts have told me, James, that they okay. produce the best pictures. They got some kind of independent um, verification okay. of that. I don't know whether I believe it or not, but certainly people that I know with Pixel phones love the photo.
1: So, so, what, so back to Nokia, what do we think is in store before we do the next episode of Tasm in 12 months time? Where do we think Nokia <laughs> is, is going to be?
0: <laughs> Nokia. I think they're going to go from strength to strength. Yeah. I think they're a strong European brand. They've, they've, the HMD have held on to the design ethos of simplicity and premium feel. Um, and they've made a very sensible choice on the operating system, mm. Android One.
1: Okay, fantastic.
0: Now, um, we spoke in February last year in TechTasm episode 47 about Bitcoin, didn't we? And we said, and I think the title of the show was Die, Bitcoin, Die. Yeah. Slightly
1: biased, but only slightly. I mean, maybe we didn't like Bitcoin. I'm not too sure. (laughs) I can't remember. Um, It definitely felt like a flash in the pan at the time. But since then, and we've looked back, we've got a bit of a cheeky Bitcoin chart up. Back then, Bitcoin was around, I'm going to say $3,000 a Bitcoin. Now, today... It's seven thousand, which in itself hmm. is quite impressive. I mean, you know, that's that's double growth, fantastic. But what happened last? What autumn? happened? You know, in December it was at nineteen thousand. So what? What has what has happened? There's definitely some kind of hype curve. Now, what I read is at Thanksgiving dinner tables when people were having their annual family chat. The uh, discussion of, um, of these kind of e currencies um, started coming up, and all of a sudden, everyone jumped on the bandwagon. And it went literally, if I'm looking at the chart here, from October, 4,000 a coin, to December, 19,000 a coin. And that's I mean, a, f- a 5x growth.
0: Or here's another way of looking at it it was all part of a libertarian pump and dump scheme to foist uh, something of no value onto the public and extract money for them, like any market, I suppose. If you create enough hype around it, people will buy into it. So at mm. the time when everybody was buying into it, pumping it up to 19,000, mm. uh, the, the Winklevy were selling to uh, realise profit, and there's nothing wrong with that, nothing no, illegal. No, of course not, of course um, not. But I do question a little bit the value of cryptocurrencies to society.
1: Yeah, I, th- I don't think anyone's done enough studies to understand. I mean, the libertarians are all in it for the long run because of the idea of your government controlling your currency. And I really, get, I really get that. But the problem with Bitcoin, practically speaking, and I'm speaking from experience, actually using it is hard. The, the transaction fees change all the time. Sometimes they're prohibitive. So if you want to send anything below, say, £30 or $40, $50, the fee is so high; it makes it, you know, completely unreasonable to do so. Mm. Plus, uh, certainly around that time, October, November, December time, the length of time it took to do a transaction was, in my case, one transaction took me two days. Mm.
0: Mm. Is that's because the proof of work uh, is something where you're dependent on the actual Bitcoin miners to do that for you. Well, the, the network,
1: the network is designed to only perform so many transactions a second, and I'm just trying to look on the old um, Google per second Bitcoin, the transactions... Okay, so Bitcoin, the network, can theoretically do seven transactions per second. That is its peak, absolute peak, whereas Visa can handle 24,000 transactions a second. So in terms of practicality... And there's a lot of kind of communication in the Bitcoin market about trying to make it a bit more friendly for that. Because seven transactions a second is fine when it's just starting out and it's an academic exercise. But when it's moving up into $19,000 range per coin, uh, this kind of stuff needs to be taken a lot more, a lot more seriously. So I think that will change. But, but today, um, people are comparing Bitcoin to gold as in a store of value, which is fine. But but you can't walk into your news agents and buy, you know, your local copy of the site. Well, interesting enough, of of course,
0: with Ethereum, which is another... It's not a cryptocurrency, but it's a blockchain system. Mm -hmm. With Ethereum, they have built into the design of it gas, which is uh, a sort of currency within the blockchain, Mm -hmm. which is used to fund the proof of work. So you need... So the more gas you're prepared to pay the faster your transaction can go so it's kind of so it's sort of like if you if you want to if it's commercially viable you want to pay for it you can make the thing perform at any speed you like yes. but yes it's a good point um i have do you own any bitcoin or ethereum i Doge? have the tiniest slither of amount
1: of bitcoin just to keep me interested in it but if the price changes drastically either way it won't change
0: my life i've got some dogecoin have you yes, yeah which was a comedy bitcoins um forked from litecoin Okay. And uh, that actually got some value Didn't after it? a while. I Excellent. Yeah, I lost the piece of paper it was written on. So I can't
1: find <laughs> okay. Well, is Bitcoin still going to be here in a year's time? Yes, definitely. Okay. Will it still be in the news in a year's time?
0: <laughs> Probably. Okay. It will be because we'll feature it on the next year in review. <laughs> of course. Of texturism?
1: course. Okay. Let's move on. So um, Facebook. Facebook will be in in the news for fake news.
0: <laughs> yeah. Was this in TechTasm episode 43?
1: Yes, it was. In well, January
0: 2017. I'm
1: breaking the format, aren't I? Um, <laughs> yeah, so so back in Tazm 43, it was around the time of the election. In fact, the election had just happened and it was the inauguration. And Facebook were in the news at the time for fake news because, of course, Trump was elected. And a lot of people were talking about how one of the many reasons Trump got elected was because people were believing the news that gets circulated on Facebook, a lot of w- which is sometimes rubbish and completely made up and designed to make either Hillary look terrible or Trump look like a god. And what's happened recently is Facebook have started a bit of an apology tour to uh, kind of bit of cap in hand saying we're sorry that we did this. Um, and you you said that you've seen a couple of adverts around London
0: yeah so they plastered adverts all over London uh, about a month ago saying we're sorry and we must try harder but I think it's just at the time the story we did in January 2017 was about how Facebook were employing people to train AIs to spot fake news Yeah, Um, and that's because a lot of people complained about fake news as you said and of course you know I think in common with a lot of other people, I think Facebook sometimes lacks a bit of a moral compass and they just try stuff. And when they get found out, yeah. they put some more software in place to fix it. Mm-hmm. We're sorry, we made a mistake, we must try harder. And then they just carry on. They keep going, trying other stuff. Uh, and then you had the Cambridge Analytica and we don't know what's going to happen next year. It'll probably yeah. be the same thing. I think, I think the, the management or Zuckerberg or something about the design of that company means that they suffer a little bit with heading things off at the pass and they end up finding themselves in a pickle mm. and having to spend money to try to dig themselves out of it. And I just think there are better ways of doing it than responding to public criticism. But
1: well, interesting enough, though, in the last literally 24, 36 hours, a major source of fake news, Mr. Alex Jones of Infowar fame, <laughs> yeah. has been removed from the platform. And this has been something that's been in the news for a while because Alex Jones is known for saying some pretty hurtful and hateful uh, things, such as the fact that the Sandy Hook shooting was a false flag operation and they're all actors, crisis actors, I think he calls it. Um, And what's happened in the last two or three days is Apple, YouTube and Facebook have all removed... Alex Jones completely from their platforms. They've not simply suspended him, which they did a month ago. YouTube suspended Alex Jones a couple of weeks ago, but they didn't remove him. They've now actually removed him and that's probably pressure and partly the fake news backlash that's in the world has probably helped with that. Yes. I mean maybe if it wasn't for Trump getting elected, Alex Jones would still be on YouTube today.
0: I heard an interesting fact about Trump, actually, the other day, uh, and it was to do with the economics. So a lot of Trump supporters are saying that the uh, increase of 190,000 jobs per month, which is happening in the U.S. at the moment, is is as a result of his deregulation and, you know, wise steerage of the economy. It was 210
1: under Obama. But it was (laughs)
0: 210 under Obama. So actually, this growth has been going on since the crash, since 2010. But it wasn't news then. And it's news now. And I think, actually, it's not fake news. It's disinformation. Yeah. So I think you could. We used to call it spin back in the day. Yeah. But there are certainly the way people are being manipulated uh, in terms of the way they think and the things they believe has become a lot more industrialized now. Mm. Uh, and I don't know whether it's connected to the fact, of course, recently uh, in, on the 26th of July, Facebook lost $100 billion in, uh, in its stock value. Uh, the biggest loss in in market history but ever. Was that due to earnings? Uh, it was earnings, yes. But the earnings reflect perhaps public sentiment, yeah. or or losses. You know, perhaps it was connected to the losses from Cambridge Analytica, or or maybe it was the disastrous appearance in front of the uh, the, the Senate committee by Mark Zuckerberg, where mm. you know the the images and satire that people have put together making him look like data out of yeah. Star Trek yes. were hilarious, yeah. but I don't think it required a lot of Photoshopping, quite frankly. I mean, he, he's either Botoxed his face or has no facial expression, <laughs> or they didn't get around to putting those servos in his head. But either way, you know, I don't know what it was, but $100 billion, James. That is, that is a
1: huge amount of money, but I'm sure they'll recover it overnight. You know, it will it'll, it'll go up but, but over time. But, but, I mean, what are Facebook doing now to combat this fake news, apart from their apology tour? I mean, From what I've noticed, as a Facebook user, is quite regularly on news posts, you'll get a little information button that will tell you where this news has come from, and what you'll see is comparisons of other articles, and from what I've seen from reading around, if a story is deemed fake news, it will have a fake news banner on it, so even if you share it, you will get told about it. And just say, you know, they're not going to stop you from sharing it, but they're going to say, just so you know, this isn't real. Now, whether that will make a difference or not, I don't know. I think removing people like Alex Jones from the platform might make other hateful content creators think twice. But some fake news isn't hateful, it's just done. So I guess maybe that's not worthy of banning. I mean, you know, you could look at The Onion, let's say, which I read regularly um for its factual
0: yes know. it's all it is all fact
1: it is all fact. fake
0: news yeah so uh, but, but hey you know do you want to know news? james what just as an aside before we wrap this one up the top four biggest market cap losses in history do you think you could name i think facebook is the top one isn't it? Facebook is the what, top what that's one. what made its news yes july the 26 2018 119 billion dollars uh, I'm trying to think. Did Google do anything catastrophic? No, anything? Google were number. It's actually Alphabet who are okay. number seven. Okay, February the second, 2018, forty-one billion dollars. That's are still really, a hell of a lot of money. Really,
1: that this year? I wonder what, what happened. I don't know. Okay, but on, what, what number, number
0: two was Intel. September the twenty-second, 2000, lost ninety billion. Microsoft, April the 3rd, 2000, lost 80 billion. So, this is all dot com crash. It's all dot com crash. But yeah. the fourth biggest, of 59 billion, was on January the 21st, 2013. Apple. So, the top four biggest market cap losses, the highest volatility, oh, is all tech stocks. And Apple, the company that has
1: literally just broken a trillion dollars in market cap. I
0: know, that was amazing. Yeah,
1: although I think they're back down underneath a trillion now. The nine, $999 billion, Good. it's still an impressive achievement. Okay, okay, well, let's, let's move on. I'm okay. going
0: to do this correctly now. TechTasm episode 35 from November 2016, James, had, we talked about Apple's AirPods. Had we did. been delayed and there was some stock. We did. Uh, there was a low stock position and then people started getting them and then somebody on the TechTasm team yeah. got a pair.
1: Yeah, of all the TechTasm employees that we've got, I did a bit of a poll and I asked myself. and It turned out I got them. <laughs> it was you? Yeah, it was. It How was. did they work out for you? They are excellent. They are very good. Audio quality, obviously you're going to get better headphones with something like a Bose or a BMW, as you would expect. But practicality, what Apple does really well, and I know I've got my fanboy switch on. Here it comes. Um, the integration is very good between their platforms. So what's nice about these headphones is you pair them once with your smartphone and then they are automatically paired with your laptop and your iPad and your Apple Watch and basically the whole Apple ecosystem. You don't have to individually pair them with the different devices.
0: It just works. It just it. works,
1: and it is really nice. Except when it doesn't work, because sometimes when you've got two devices and they're in proximity to each other, the headphones get confused as to which device they should be connected with.
0: Well, what's interesting is normally, you know, James, you and I, we we pit Google against Apple, yes, for yes. a bit of fun, for yes. entertainment purposes only, of course, of not course. to inform your purchasing decisions or no, investment no. decisions, which are entirely your own, <laughs> listener. But Google's Pixel Buds were a massive disaster. They so, out, so were
1: they pitched against the AirPods?
0: It, I think they were part of a movement to have um, uh, in-ear Bluetooth. Uh, headphones or earbuds which could provide a little bit more than just the audio side but could provide integration to Siri or Google Assistant um, and could perhaps uh, in the case of the Pixel Buds they were promised that it could do real-time translation so it would translate what you were hearing and then uh, translate it into your language and translate what you were saying into a foreign language. A uh, little bit of a gimmick. Anyway, the, head, the ear pixel buds were a disaster. They got such bad reviews. They, they stuck out of your ear and would fall out. Uh, the integration didn't work. The, it came with a sort of a rope around mm. it. They were supposed to be you know, free because with the AirPods, you just put one in each ear, don't you? Yes. With these, it actually came with a loop of, of, of uh, string to hold them together, which transferred the power. The battery was in one bud and the other really? held all the electronics. Um, yeah, and in and the case they came in were much bigger. So, for example, the Bose ones, literally are like mushrooms coming out of your ear. They're so far that they kind of pull themselves out with gravity and come in a gigantic case.
1: Oh, that's, that's weird. Because the AirPods, again, fanboy, the case is the battery.
0: Oh, yeah, I think and they're all like that. So they all get charged from the case.
1: Yeah, okay. But it's, um... No, I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, yeah. We know
0: what you're a fan of, of. of
1: the the AirPods. I think they've they work they work really really nicely. Apple's done a good job. Interesting though. The yeah, but po- it sounds like you're speaking down the trunk of an elephant when
0: you're on a phone call too. Yeah,
1: but I'm not and on that And you keep side.
0: and you keep assuring me, no, it's absolutely fine, Rob. I'm at the other end of it. Yeah, exactly. So you get a lovely experience, That's and everyone else gets to listen to the trunk of a bottom of an elephant but but interestingly enough moving on from that
1: the reason we spoke about the story is because they were delayed well what's delayed at the moment is when the iphone 10 was announced i'm going to say october september october last year what was announced with it is that the airpods would have a wireless charging case because apple put wireless charging into the iphone 8 and the iphone 10 the apple watch has got wireless charging on the AirPods don't and Apple are going to be bringing out a wireless charging mat, I think called the AirPad or something, the PowerPad, I don't know, I'm not sure what it's called. Um, it's been almost a year now, it's not out. The advantage of that, so they claim, is you can charge your phone, watch and um, headphones at the same time on the same pad. And that hasn't surfaced at all, and no one's heard of that since the announcement.
0: I, well, I did a lot of wireless charging a couple of years ago, but it used to heat up the phone, and I thought that can't be good for the battery, so I stopped doing it. No, now I just plug in. Uh, yeah. Let's keep on, James, to... Uh, we have a couple more stories, and then we're going to be done for this year. Okay. Um, TechTasm episode 34 from October 2016. We yep. talked with some excitement about the Nintendo Switch.
1: Well, that, and that was excitement because the... Wii U, the previous console, although a nice idea, just bombed completely. And I think Nintendo did whatever they could to make the market forget about it. Because, of course, the Wii was the best-selling console, I think, by country mile against the PS3, I think it was, or PS2. Yeah. Well, but it, it had
0: ropey graphics, didn't it? I mean, it was like... But
1: that, That's not the market, though. You no. know, a Mario game doesn't need next-gen no. graphics, no. or no. a Zelda game doesn't. Um, and Nintendo focused a lot on kind of playing and gameplay the Wii U interesting because it was tablet based was that the time when tablets were just it well? was a it
0: was a mini tablet inside the controller yeah which took a stream from the base unit didn't
1: it? yeah so I think that they wanted to move away from the Wii U as as quickly as possible I mean they were they even got to the point when large retailers stopped uh, supplying the Wii U so you know, Nintendo had to do something and the Switch it looks like they've done it again. They nailed it. They it's tiny. Have, yeah.
0: And it, the graphics on it are incredible. You can plug it into the TV. You can snap off the hand controllers on each side and play with two players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play two players on the unit. You can play two yep. players on the screen. The graphics are excellent. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's not cheap. It's £300. Yeah. But the price is being supported by demand. But compare that to a PS4
1: Pro or an Xbox They're One cheap. X. They're that, cheap, now. That's fantastic. Yeah. And there's articles now that are saying that a Nintendo will surpass Microsoft in this gen in the next few months.
0: Really, uh, That doesn't surprise me. Which is, and considering
1: Microsoft had, I think it was a year, if not two years, head start. Yeah. On Nintendo. And I like the
0: Xbox. I think the, the, the thing about Nintendo is it's always hung on to its characters. So it's got its marquee games. It's yes. made it, you know, it's put a lot of effort into making sure those games are excellent. And it won't release them unless they are good. They dallied a little bit, didn't they, with putting games out on Android and iOS yes. with Pokemon Go, which is a big success for a yeah. short period of time. And there's the, the Mario game. And the Mario game. Which is excellent. Which is excellent. There you go. So Nintendo does it again. You heard it first on Tech Tasm episode 34. I think we've got one more, don't we? A very quick one.
1: Yes, we do. We do. So Tech Tasm 19. Oh, that's going going back back in time. It really is. July of 2016.
0: Yeah, it must have been something in the past that never happened.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, Well, we pride ourselves on this show of telling you things to avoid... And we've done it this time because you're still avoiding it because it's not around. This is Red Dead Redemption 2. What is Red Dead Redemption 2? Or what should Red Dead
0: Redemption 2 be? It's a, well, it's a game from Rockstar, yeah. the uh, popular makers of Grand Theft Auto Five and Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. uh, which is an open world game. And Red Dead Redemption 2 promised... Next-gen graphics, a bigger story mode, more more characters, um, more of the same, really. But that was back in July 2016, I think, at E3. It was announced, and we thought, great, they announced it in July. It's got to come out in, in October 2016. Well, it didn't, and it didn't come out in October 2017. No. And guess what? It's still not out now, but it's due to come out, I think, in October and November, isn't it?
1: Yes, October 26th, it says here on the good old trusty reliable Wikipedia – that's interesting. I mean, games have a history of doing this. And so there's a number of games that have... They they are titled Vaporware. Uh, but when they do arrive, it's amazing. I mean, June you can Forever is maybe the more, more, one of the more famous ones. Team Fortress 2 was, I'm going to say, 10 years in the making, or whatever it is. Half-Life 3 is still not out. But, you know, maybe that's it. But Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, I did play the first one a little bit. But what makes... That not enough to... I think you're maybe more of an expert on this than me. What makes this game special?
0: It was the characters. Okay. So if, if you... The story was so big. You played it at your own speed. It's like any open world game. You just go and visit places. You engage with characters in the game. And then it starts off stories and adventures. Um, and... Each character had a purpose. It had an arc. It had a, it was. There were just well written characters and well written stories, like GTA V, and great gameplay. So when you're riding a horse yeah. and you, you spur the horse, it, it you really feel like you're going faster. The gunplay was excellent. So the um, combat controls were really lean, you know, really really optimized as you would expect from sure. from Rockstar. Of course. To do a really good job. It was glitch free. I mean, there were no errors in it. I mean, there were no, absolutely no bugs in it. It was just really tested well, professionally polished, a big double, triple A game that, that, you know, really nailed it. And I think the anticipation's right. It's got to be for me the game. Uh, of the year, Red Dead Redemption 2. But you've played a really good video game soon. Can you give a quick plug for that?
1: Um, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Origins at the moment.
0: And that seemed to be like a dead franchise because it was... The last one was... The last one was the Syndicate,
1: which was the London... So they had this habit, for better or worse, where they would release the games annually. I mean, you could pretty much set your watch by them, like a Tech episode, you know. (laughs) Um, And what would... um, What happened is the later ones, I think it was Unity, which was set in Paris, and then Syndicate in London, the quality, they were known for being very buggy on day one. And then if you got the patched version a month later, two months later, it would fix them. But you could tell they were rushed. And what they did with Origins is they took a two-year break. And the game that was released is incredibly polished. Now, they are bringing out another one this year, which so maybe they'll fall back into the old cycle, I don't know um i think odyssey i think is the one that's coming out this year on the similar engine but this one i've had many hours of gameplay i think i've still got many more hours of gameplay and that is um that's really exciting so there are a number of very very good games out there at the moment don't it, rush
0: it that's the, don't rush the, it. The, the, i mean you know we, we with this segment here we could be easily slagging off rockstar for taking too long to release a game that they announced over you know two years ago over yes. two years ago yeah, yeah. But the proof of pudding's in the eating. If you rush it, if you take the cake out too quickly, James, it's going to be raw. So, uh, mm. good on you, rock star. <laughs> well, that's it for this year. You can find us in the usual places on Facebook.com/tectism, tectasm, and subscribe in places that haven't archived us off uh, into the into the bin and contact us at feedback at We record every August uh, in, on Tuesdays, so watch out for next year. But uh, this is me, Sir Robin Yellow. And me, Mr. James Woodall. Asking you the question, is it real? No, no, we're not asking them the question. No, we're not. No, no, We're asking ourselves. Let me do that again. This is me, Sir Robin Yellow. And me, Mr. James Woodall. Asking the question, is it real? Or is it just a tectasm?